Welcome to the Wodesman Podcast, catching up with all things bushcraft, wild camping and the great outdoors. So, hey guys. Hey Tom, how are you? Oh mate, I'm good. Nice to hear your voice. <laughs> it's good to hear you too. It's been a while. It has. I was laid up with COVID last week and uh, yeah, we've both been pretty busy, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd have had an episode out sooner if we could have and you guys know that and uh, we both know that we've just been begging to like just to talk to each other really, haven't we? <laughs> we really have and it's like things, the stars just haven't aligned and I know you guys understand what life's like and I know yeah. you you guys don't expect like um, weekly episodes or anything like that and, and uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us um uh, we uh yeah we got a lot going on <laughs> ourselves out of trouble most of the time hopefully so um yeah it's really nice to actually get some time just to sit down and have a little chat with you liam yeah yeah it's really really nice to talk to you and just to actually catch up all things wodesman we'll get out some bush illusions have a little catch up and then um, we got a little bit of an interview so that's kind of what this episode's all about guys We've got a really special interview which you'll hear a little bit later on in probably 10-15 minutes time but for now Tom what do you reckon we start off with a few of the bush solutions because it's been a while actually it <laughs> we put out right near new year because we, we did a camp pretty much on new year didn't we and we put out for some sort of bush solutions which is what we call our bushcraft new year's resolutions and it's always exactly. set ourselves some goals and see what we can achieve throughout the year and We've had a few responses in and we've been waiting until we had enough to actually record a, an episode, um, to be honest. We've just been compiling them in a document and um, wait until the time was right to actually sit down and record an episode about them. So bear with us. We are now doing a New Year's resolutions in May. Yes. <laughs> but what a good time to be doing it. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got all the spring flowers. We've got the bluebells still out. I've seen loads of wild garlic around. So it's a really hopeful time for the bushcrafter and the outdoorsman. So I feel it's a really good time to revisit our sort of goals for the year. And Yeah, uh, 100%. Remind ourselves of what we kind of thought in the depths of winter and, and think, right, maybe it's time for these new plans to hatch. <laughs> So if any of you uh, have forgotten what me and Liam said our resolutions were, do go and check out our New Year's resolutions episode back in the, in New Year, um, one of the New Year's episodes we released, and you can hear all of us talking about what we wanted to accomplish this year. Today we're going to be focusing on what you as listeners wanted to focus on. Um, and yeah. We've had a number of people write in, haven't we, Liam? And we've picked uh, a few that we wanted to highlight for today. Yeah, there's there's been quite a few, and some of them are just quick little ones and some of them are quite long and it's really hard to kind of pick what ones to read because you would have hour-long episodes you know sometimes and you wouldn't even get through them so yeah it's um so if you if we if we don't read out your message that you've sent in it's not because we didn't like it or appreciate it we really do appreciate every message that gets sent yeah. in well said. and and it's just that to make it listenable um we don't bore you all to death so <laughs> yeah 100% I think a really good one to start with is from one of our listeners over in the states he sent in a message a few times before and he starts off just saying hey guys I just wanted to share my bush illusion definitely spelled incorrectly but actually you did it perfectly so we'll let you off there Anthony and he says I want to get out in nature more learn and practice new skills keep up with the great content both 
And thanks for putting it out, Anthony. So yeah, really, really nice message. And I think it's always good to say that you want to improve skills because if you're going to, in the, in the future, if you ever have to rely on them things, having practiced them definitely pays off. I mean, uh, practice makes perfect. <laughs> it really does. And like, as a bushcrafter, like we'll never feel that we're there. I think no, no, there's exactly. something to work on. And I think it was, it might've been Ray Mears or someone that said that. And it's like, never say you're an expert because the second you think you're an expert, you stop learning. And, um, like I've, I've not perfected any technique in bushcraft. I teach carving courses. I am not an expert at carving. I still make mistakes. I mess up spoons and have to start again. It's having a, a knowledge of it and an understanding of it but it's knowing that you'll never be perfect in your own eyes. And, and that's what pushes you better and better. And I think acknowledging that in a bush solution is, is brilliant. So, yeah, that's it. Because the more you work on skills, the more you find out what doesn't work. And that only aids to your repertoire, doesn't it? Because then when you're relying on those things, or even if you're just practicing those things, you're doing it more efficiently, yeah. safer a lot of the time, like let's say if it's knife skills, um, a lot of good safe techniques lead to good skills as well uh, Absolutely. they're hand in hand so you it, it's not just learning let's say when you're learning fire lighting or friction fire for example it's that discipline also goes on to everything else like the fire building the, then the tinder collection um looking for resources then when you where you pick your spot and it, it kind of it's as, isn't it as wilderness nomad, a friend of the uh, the podcast um, and a friend of mine, uh, always says, "It's all in the prep," and uh, I think that's so true. Uh, but uh, like we we've talked to Joe Price on the podcast a number of times, and like I think one of the things that we've talked about off camera with Joe is actually if you're not pushing yourself to the point where your skills are stretched and you are failing sometimes, and then learning from those mistakes then you're not pushing yourself hard enough to learn no. learning you're still in your comfort zone aren't you yeah pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and learning new skills um is something that's really important uh, and and there's like i've i've i used to do archery and i've i've not done archery for years so i'm hoping fingers crossed <laughs> i'm going to be able to maybe get back into archery at some point it might not be this year it might be next year but yeah. I want to relearn archery and I want to get better than I was last time I did archery, if that makes And at least you've got that foundation, hey, Tom, which yeah. is great. And you can only go, it can only go one or two ways with an arrow. Forwards or Exactly. But that's really, really good, Bush and Lucian, Anthony. And thank you so much for sending that out. It's um, really great to see you are still listening to the podcast and a massive thank you for just sending that in because it's, yeah, well, it's that, always nice to hear that's triggered us to have that conversation hasn't it and us to like, yeah that sort of self-reflection on things that we could like because like, we hadn't talked about that beforehand had we Liam about the art no. uh pushing ourselves that's just triggered by that comment so thanks very much Anthony it's a really good bush solution and I wish you all the best with it yeah it's really nice to hear someone from the states as well so thank you well, I've got one from from uh, a far flung place as well. Uh, okay, go on. Uh, I have. Was oh, that Scandinavia? Did you yeah, say? Yeah, I've got someone writing in from Norway. So uh, someone with a lot of wilderness out there uh, writing in. So uh, Jacob uh, said, um, "New Year's greetings from Norway. 
Thank you for the quality content and all the inspiration you provided. Your talks about hunting inspired me to take the hunting course and become a licensed hunter. Hey, good man. Absolutely. <laughs> that must make you feel good, Liam. Mate. It does. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so Liam is the, of the two of us, Liam is the one that knows much more about hunting. It's something I want to learn, but I've not had the experience, whereas Liam has had lots of experience with it. And I get that dirt time very soon though, hopefully. <laughs> I'm fully hoping so. And I still, I'm holding you to that deer stock as well, Liam. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> and we're waiting. <laughs> so uh, Jacob carries on and he says, I look forward to a new year of exploring nature and I'm excited to try my hand at hunting deer. If you're doing New Year's bush solutions, mine would be to learn more about berries and mushrooms that I can gather in the woods, as well as get out more and do more bushcrafting. Thank you again for the wholesome experience you provide, and all the best to you and yours. So again, another lovely message. Yeah. I think what I really love about the little community, like we've got only a small community of listeners, and it is getting bigger and it's getting more global, but... Yes. The listeners we have are just so nice. And I think I really appreciate that about how sort of supportive everyone is that writes in. So thank you very much. Yeah. And how open they are, you know, and willing to share their stories and share their best solutions. Because without knowing that might inspire someone to say, actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. Berries, mushrooms. <laughs> and now's the season for it as well. So absolutely i've literally just come back from work um we're recording after a school night here and i've just been um i, I run the clubs at the school and uh one of the clubs is a gardening club and so we've had a load of the little kids planting strawberries and i just went to check on them and it was just really interesting because some of them found mushrooms in the in the in the pots that we've got out there we've got a little garden area with a pond and it's really lovely it's really sweet it's all tree and there's some burdock that's just growing up randomly so i'm always pointing that out to the kids um, but the the teacher that runs the garden club was getting them all to plant um uh strawberries today and the kids were like showing me the mushrooms that they'd found in the in the uh in the plant <laughs> and i was like i actually don't know what those are um they looked a bit like bolites but really small so i need to look um but i was like that even just that experience showed me i was like oh mushrooms that's something i've never really invested much time in I haven't put any skills, uh, skill points in that skill tree. Um, so maybe mushrooms is something that for my, maybe next year, that can be my bush solution is to look into mushrooms and mycology. I know Storb Unlimited Bushcraft yes. is mycology. So yeah, he really is. I might no, have chat with him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I've been on a hunt this season, actually, just to quickly digress and I'll, we'll go back straight to that bush solution, but... Again, talking about mushroom foraging, I've been um, on the hunt very, very carefully for some morels or the morchella species or genome of mushroom. And I haven't really had any luck, but a good friend of mine did have some luck. He's a mechanic <clears throat> and he was on his work break and he was just stood next to a big stack, like six, six tall of tires. And he poked his head over the tires and in there was the biggest morel one has ever seen. Like I'm talking monster, like maybe record breaking morel growing out of tires. And I've been searching the heavens, <laughs> like the lows, the downs, the pines, the hardwoods. <laughs> oh, mate, that's yeah. Oh. So there's a video coming out of my channel all about morels. But it's again, just another little thing because it, it just showed me. You just can never tell where where these things are going to crop up, and everything every day is a school day, so you Absolutely. can go out and look in all the places they're meant to be, and these things will surprise you. So, 
mushrooms are a great interest to me as well and something that will keep me very busy in the future i'm sure it's funny actually i was out on a hike in uh kent recently um and i was just looking down the valley and i spotted a whole load of elder trees so i, I wandered off the trail a little while and i, and I found all of these jelly ears all over oh, the trees and i was like i was with my dad at the time we we're on a little walk and I was like, oh, dad, these are apparently a, a real delicacy. And I got him to yes. feel the texture. And I was like, in Asian cuisine, these are like really sought after. <laughs> Long story short, we went back to my parents' house in the evening. Um, and I, I hadn't picked the jelly ear because I assumed no one would want it. My brothers lived in Thailand for uh, the last eight months. I bet he was like, oh, my God. The same day. It was his like first day like eat, uh, at home. So he was cooking my family an Asian meal, like inspired by his time in Thailand. And I told him, I was like, oh, I should have got you some jelly here. We found a load of it in the woods. He was like, I would have put that in my meal. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> That's amazing. So I yeah, guess it's funny how like, you... But um, another mushroom experience that that, just that bush illusion has just remembered, reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how we disassociate different foods just based on culture. But that's, that's again, another story for another day. But going on quickly to um, the hunting side of that bush illusion, I think it's an extremely wise choice. Um, that's just me personally. Obviously, some people don't hunt, which is totally fine. And I completely respect that for but for people who do want to be self-sufficient in a way that they want to have control over where their meat intake comes from, hunting is just so invaluable, not only for, for that skill set, but to be able to learn about the animals. I've got such a wide array of knowledge about deer now, and it, that only keeps increasing the further I kind of delve into that. It's amazing how deep you can go into one species of deer, really. No, it's incredible. Just when I hang out with Liam, I'm always like, quizzing him on like bits of animal sign we see and things like that and he's always sharing these amazing facts about the animals that i have no clue about and yeah, so it's massive respect to to responsible hunters and uh i'm i'm a huge proponent for sustainable and and uh sensible hunting um and it's the thing that i really want to get into myself um and i think for me it would start like apart i'd love to do a stalk with you because uh, you know what you're doing but I'd also love to do some small game stuff myself. Absolutely. Uh, so I've done a lot of animal animal preparation. I've done I've done rabbit a, a number of times. I've even tanned a few hides under instruction um, with rabbits, and I've done pigeon prep and things like that. Um, but I've never actually pulled the trigger on an animal myself. So I I feel like as a huge carnivore, I really do need to make that connection between where the meat yeah. comes from. So. And it's, it's, it's just such a, like you said, it's, it's a connection. It really is. It's, it's more than just shooting an animal. It's never about going out and killing. And I say this in multiple of my, my videos where I go out stalking, which have actually done really well on my channel. And again, thanks to any listener who's watched that. And, uh, cause I was quite hesitant to put out hunting on the channel. It's quite yeah. a, a risky thing to put out on a YouTube channel. Um, but it's great to see that there's other people who are like-minded and going out and taking that progression into doing becoming a trained hunter so really really well done i think what makes your videos so engaging on the hunting and this is not just me kissing your ass man because <laughs> we all know me and liam are like best mates but this is honestly it's because you do it with so much respect for the animal and yeah, it's, you, it's, you show like it's not like a trophy hunter 
showing. Look at all my um, my conquests. It's much more a solemn moment of intimacy between you and the animal and, and treating the animal with the respect that it deserves. Um, and I think that is that approach that, that is the reason those videos have done well on your channel, um, because that's your honest feeling with that animal and it's, it comes across really well in the video. Yeah, I think any hunter will relate and, um, you know, when they say it's, it's an emotional experience, it's like I said before, it's not just pulling the trigger. Um, for some people, it might be just shooting, moving targets, but for the majority of hunters, I know that's not the case. But again, that will probably relate a little bit more in depth to the the latter part of this podcast. So um, I think for now, we'll move on to the next bush illusion, which I have here. It's actually a, a quite a short one, and it's from Wolf's Head Bushcraft, and it's more of a, a passing message, but I'm going to take it as a bush illusion because it was sent right around the date that we released that episode. And he actually started off just saying, hopefully in 2023, I'll be able to get out again as I used to. My body's got to heal and rebuild, but I'm working hard at it every day. So that is just, again, another little touching message that I saw and just want to wish you all the best hope you're doing well in in full recovery mode and if not have recovered fully and are able to fulfill that bush solution because i know what it's like when you're trapped to and like a you know trapped indoors you can't get out and you're kind of wanting to be there tom you've been there all to, a, a lot haven't you oh yeah cabin <laughs> fever baby <laughs> where you're just crawling up the walls to be in the woods yeah I, I know the feeling um and yeah again same from me um i really hope that you've been able to achieve your bush solution and uh have made a full and uh and solid recovery yeah brilliant so i think we've got one or two more yeah I've got one here if uh, i can jump in you can indeed i've got one andy o'connor um so brilliant. thanks you're writing in he says hey lads um i'm a year behind but i found your podcast i feel like i'm a year behind to be honest love it i also have subscribed to all three of the youtube channels if you want to get more knowledge of bushcraft this year thanks for sharing so that's a really nice message and it's a really simple bush solution which is just yes. learn more about bushcraft and i think that's what we're all here for that's why me and liam are here we only <laughs> just to share our conversations where we're teaching and, and sharing things that we're doing with each other uh yeah. that's our daily goal isn't it liam is to get better at bushcraft that is our plan yeah. and it's just kind of bouncing off each other so sharing skills um there's nothing that i hold back from tom and there's nothing tom holds back from me because we can only better each other find our own ways around it and then kind of come back to each other and say hey did you have you heard of this or realized this before and, and that's one of the best things that i love about bushcraft and ultimately like you said it's why we started this podcast and you know, hopefully as the year progresses, we're going to get some more episodes out that will have, again, like our previous ones, all about winter camping and stuff like that. We'll have some really invaluable information to help you on that journey as well. So thank you so much for that, Andy. And yeah, going on from there, we've got one from Cooper Mail. So Cooper says, being in the bush brings me much peace and clear mindedness. I hate that it took 20 years to find it, but I did. I remember sitting there my first time under the stars, my back finally relaxing after so many years of unknown tension, my tongue finally losing its forever home pressed to the top of my mouth. I started chasing that feeling every chance I got and haven't stopped for a breath. It wasn't enough though. I wanted to learn to take care of the bush and leave it better looking after I left. 
I wanted to forge and craft things to bring home like a trophy. You guys gave me a place to turn that little spark into a flame, one worse than napalm. I want to say thank you for giving me a place to feel welcome to the bushcraft community and giving me so many encouraging words. I can't wait to see what you all do next. And that is, yeah. <laughs> what a message. That's, yeah, that's, thank you so much, Cooper. That honestly means the world to know that we've, you know, not only encouraged you, but I guess in, in some respect inspired you to go out there and, and chase those feelings. Um, yeah, that means the world. Cause like we've said so many times, Tom, haven't we, that's what we started the Wozeman for. If one person said that. <laughs> and like he, as he says about the, the back finally relaxing after so many years of tension and the tongue pressed to its top of the mouth, like that is like the daily stress of like living in a modern society. I could see I, that you felt that. <laughs> completely relate to that feeling of just like, I can finally breathe without being stifled when I get to the And it's that sort of like, ah, that sort of outlet of yes. tension that just as soon as I cross the boundary into the woods, it just I feel the pressure just lift off. And I think that's what Cooper's getting at there. And I just it that touched me that message. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, that's it's honestly so nice to like I said, just to to know that we've had that kind of small impact on your life. But obviously that's such a big impact for you. And um yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's really, really powerful and uh we hope that there's you know many more stories that we share on this wordsman that kind of yeah. inspire you and if there's anything else that you want to share with us please do message again absolutely and i think the thing with that message is like some people will go their whole life without finding that thing that really yeah. makes their fire burn and i think for us we're lucky because we found it and it's it is the bush it is the the woods that that calling to nature that gives us yes. that spark, that reason to be. And I, it makes me a bit sad when I think that some people will go through the whole life without ever having that inspiration that, that yeah. connects them to nature or that feeling of belonging within a community. Um, and that's one of the things I think all of us as bushcrafters can do. And that's trying to pass on the love for, for nature and that share yeah. those experiences of how peaceful and calming and healing being in the woods can be to not get too hippie about it but no no i totally agree because it is it's sad to think that there's so many people stuck in cities you never actually you know never get to experience it and realize yeah they don't even get the opportunity to turn it down and um you know even though like you said you you were you, you can't can't believe it took 20 years to find it at, at least you did and i'm so glad that you have and uh, you're gonna have plenty more years in the woods learning absolutely welcome community <laughs> yeah welcome indeed and i think you've had one We're weird cult <laughs> <laughs> i think you had one more didn't you tom i did this is a bit different because i got this on on my video that i posted the other day i posted a video of my carving course and i had Absolutely. A, a message that i wanted to read out and it was from a guy uh, called rob rob's rambles um and he said oh my god just found your channel and the podcast with liam wonderful I thought that I was strange liking traditional style clothing and equipment and being in the woods and maybe having the odd pipe as well as <laughs> brewing my own beers. But there are others out there like me. Going now to binge and gain inspiration. Thanks for taking the time to bother to film and post. Um, for my sins, I'm a primary school head teacher 
and we tried to promote forest schools and being free range. Lockdown saw us having vulnerable children in school and key worker kids for the whole summer. We had two fires on the go the whole time and taught them forest skills. So, wow, a man close to your heart, Tom. Oh, this guy. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, what a nice message as well. That's yeah. really, really, really nice. I'm glad he, glad you're uh, teaching the young ones what's important as well, and especially at a primary school age, like yeah. Tom doing, doing God's work, as we say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's just really nice to, to receive that and hit, like him to hit like, hey, I found people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing because we do. We're suckers for traditional gear traditional clothing uh traditional skills and yeah well, well we're just bushcraft nerds aren't we tom like, really? i'm a complete weirdo and <laughs> i completely promote it like yeah embrace it yeah but not being weird is boring like um but yeah you found your people rob and uh thanks for the comment thanks for uh for sticking with the podcast and uh, i hope you find some of it valuable yeah thank you so much for the support the support especially you know on tom's channel and stuff like that it, you, you've been putting out some really great content and uh, i've still got to catch up with a few of your videos i'm slacking behind and um, quite on it with the videos really. you have you yeah. have one of them was going really really well isn't it yeah well. i did a little copy a little wooden uh, catch up didn't i and that that's been popping so and, and for good reasons so. <laughs> that actually brings that comment uh brings me in a little segue actually because he's talking about education <laughs> <laughs> he, he's talking about education and things like that and i just uh, if you've seen that video uh, of me going and having a little catch up in the woods you you'll know about this already but i don't believe i've mentioned it on the podcast yet uh, I think so. so we ran a history day at school um and it's it's about the vikings and I, hey. hey i'm half i'm half viking i, have, <laughs> I drink mead he's got the skills <laughs> <laughs> axis i'm basically viking um and so i got obsessed with like learning because i used to be a bit real history nerd like i did history at uni i used to teach history to year nines and tens and and so I, i'm really into my history so basically when i found out we were doing the viking topic at school i just i started reading books on it i started reading websites and really researched the vikings and things like that and I got really into it. I, I got really into uh, Kimber Bushcraft videos in channel because that does his Viking camps, and I just threw myself into the Viking thing uh, so that I could sort of share that that love with uh, for uh, yes. Viking skills with with the kids. Um, and so I arranged with my uh, colleagues, and we did a Viking day for for the year sixes. And um, I invested like two hundred quid. <laughs> Uh, in a realistic reenactor's costume so i got i bought it's amazing a full shield like full viking reenactor shield not even like a light one like a proper battle ready shield um i got the wool tunics i bought goat hides and sewed them together and cut them to shape so i could have like a a shoulder yeah. and <laughs> sewing it all together and i had um all the leg wraps like traditional viking leg wraps and I, I, I went full hog, like full at it. And I bought like a an Aragon leather, uh, not leather, uh, an Aragon wool cloak, that yes. was like Viking cloak. And I just, I, I, I had permission, I risk assessed it all. And I had permission from the headmaster to come and do 
um, a full Viking day with the kids. So I raided the the kids. We didn't <laughs> doing this. So I led a Viking raid on the classroom and like kicked over chairs and like oh for Valhalla and like <laughs> he raided the classroom and went uh, and pillaged all of their pencil cases and things like. <laughs> Um, which was hilarious for me. I had the best day of my working life. It was just hilarious for me because the, the kids were like just screaming. It was hilarious. Um, brilliant. But then they, they quickly realized it was me. It was just like very funny. But then we had a full day of activities and education planned around the Vikings. So we yeah. did history lessons and 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 some looking at their cultures and, and their religions and mythologies and things like that. But then I had permission to actually teach them some sort of Viking skills so we yeah, went. Out... I remember how excited you were, like planning all this. Mate, I was so excited. So we went out into the outdoor classroom, and we—I uh, had permission to teach them flint and steel. So we did flint and steel with um, with all twenty six kids. All of them got to try, and, and they all got—not well, all of them got sparks, but most of them were able to get sparks. Oh, and it, it was their first experience of ever doing any bushcraft, and we did it... magic to children. That is magic to change it. And I brought, I was allowed to bring in my, my Viking axe because I have a Viking battle axe. You do. Um, <laughs> I, they were allowed to put the shield and the cloak on and hold the axe and oh, like, brilliant. or cry and, and then have a go at the, the, the fire lighting. Um, I did some demonstration of Viking sort of carving. I showed Lovely. them, I engraved runes on some wood and I showed them the runes and talked about the meaning. So we did this amazing educational day and it was just like the real highlight of my job so far, I have to say. It was like the best day ever. Um, that is amazing. <laughs> that, you know, I wanted. I think, I think I said to you I wanted to be a child to come just yeah. for the day. <laughs> well, I had, I had like some parents write in and they were, they were like so appreciative as well that I'd bothered to do it. Um, but it was funny. I did have a comment on my video that I um, posted where I talked about this. Uh, who accused me of teaching the next generation of arsonists for for um, teaching <laughs> and steel? It was like very dangerous uh, them being able to light fire without matches and uh, and uh, lighters. So, um, and I was like, well, for a start, the a healthy respect, giving uh, yeah. them responsibility and teaching them how to be around things like that. As I was about to say, I don't think they teach you a very good uh, fire safety etiquette. <laughs> like I, your fingertips. They did so much like safety stuff, but the, the thing that made me laugh was it's like, imagine an arsonist trying to set fire to a shop and pick it, pulling out his flint and steel and his bird <laughs> just sitting there. Like, the police aren't going to catch me now. <laughs> Hold on a second, I've just got to blow it to flames. <laughs> um, anyway, so but no, it was it was a brilliant day of education, and the kids all went away and were inspired, and it was the the sort of thing that then led them to doing a project on Viking history. And it was... Oh, no, so they was, went in enthralled by it. Yeah, it was to bring it to life before their eyes so that they then do be inspired to do the written work. And so it was part of a bigger... It's not just me teaching them how to light a fire. It was a big sort of plan we had to get them into history. And I it think... It makes them think how... And it gives them an example, like a physical and, you know, visual representation of how different things were then yeah you know like the fact you have to get a rock and a bit of metal and then get a little tiny dull red spark on mm. some charred material and we talked about uh soapstone so if people are interested in soapstone um kimber did a really good video where he talked about it but 
we talked about how they would have maintained their their swords and their axes and about natural materials. So we talked about soapstone. We talked about that sort of thing. We talked. Mm-hmm. They brought in a whole load of mushrooms and fungi that were used at that time. So we looked at horses hoof. We looked at chaga. We looked at things from Scandinavia that that they would have used. They would have had access to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it was just a really, really good time, and it 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 was very educational, and I'm really proud of it. Of all, like, I'm not often proud of myself. I'm my own worst critic, but <laughs> proud of how that day went. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it's really exciting to know that you're love. You're obviously so infused by it even now, and that was you know I can't wait to hear about the next one you're going to be doing. It's so good to know that our next generation, like I've said before, is getting well looked after. And getting a a good, well-rounded education, because sometimes it can be all a little bit too linear. Yeah, well, they've just all done their SATs, so it was just for all of the tests um, really took off. And it was their last sort of chance to do something really immersive educationally. And yeah, we took the opportunity, and I'm glad we did. Uh, And, And I guess, like, going off of that, just very quickly before we wrap up, because... I know you've got a rush off to the Brecon Beacons. I've uh, I've got a rush off to meet our our next guest and have a have a chat. But so we're both going to different places. I've got to go any fan, and you've got to uh, go and do an interview because I'm slacking off. No, you're not slacking. <laughs> it's fine. We've both been like we said, both been very busy. But um, is there anything that you wanted to pass on? I know you got a, a, a date or a few dates that you wanted to say to. Yeah our listeners just in case anyone's free yeah so um a couple of weekends ago i ran my first spoon carving course of 2023 so as you know last year i i started doing some spoon carving courses in kent at badgels woods uh it's a lovely campsite really nice woodland campsite and uh we've got a really private area of the woods that they've sort of set aside for forest school and education so if any of you are interested in learning carving we still have two dates available this year um so the 3rd of june which is a saturday and the 8th of july um are both upcoming spoon carving events uh ran by myself and uh, the woad actually had a bit of a special announcement regarding the june course so the 3rd of june at badgers wood um be also there (laughs) so yes uh liam is coming he's going to help out running the course he's going to be there whittling away and um and just helping make sure brews are ready getting things prepped for you because obviously you're running the gig i just want to come along be an aid take a little bit of weight off your back and um, go around make sure everyone's holding the right end of the knife and uh, put on plasters when needed absolutely (laughs) so yeah like liam's gonna be able to be whittling away and yeah and helping out as well so it will be amazing if any of you have a bush solution that you wanted to learn how to carve and you've not really done it before, do consider joining us. The price is very reasonable. I think it's £65 for the day. Um, and um, I only get a cut of that uh, because it's I'm employed in their woodland. Um, so it's certainly not us being greedy. It's, uh, it's literally just to cover the costs, um, which are fairly numerous. So... Um, so yeah, if you're interested in, in coming to learn some carving, it's really a passion project for me. And uh, I can't wait to show Liam the little classroom we built out there. Yeah. And because uh, I've seen it, you know, in pictures and videos and I've spoken to various people who have gone to your your courses. Um, 
and yeah i i just can't wait obviously it's it's going to be amazing and we haven't seen each other in in the flesh for a while so that's long overdue as well and we'll probably get a woadsman out of it as well oh definitely yeah we're going to camp together after the course and record some woadsman so um yeah the people that came on the last course i had five on the may course um all really really nice people um i had uh a few people that listen to Wadesman. So I had um, Ryan, a, a Wolf's blog. Uh, he yeah, came a lot and, uh, and he actually got his first Baudrill ember with me at the end of the course. Saw. Not part of the course. It was just he mentioned to me that he'd never never achieved that and it was his goal to achieve that. I happened to have a Baudrill set with me um, because I wanted to practice. So we ended up uh, knocking out a couple of en- embers and getting him his first uh, friction fire. Oh, and Good on you too. Since then, he's, he's been practicing on his own and, and been sharing the skills all along and, and teaching other people. So um, it's been really, really satisfying. We had a, a, a guy I followed on Instagram, Will Journeyman. He came along and he's someone with a lot of experience. And and, and, yeah, a, time. Um, and even he said he enjoyed the course and, and learned something new. And he's done like week-long craft courses before. Journeyman. Um, he's done yeah all sorts of uh courses and he and he seemed to enjoy it so um yeah i'm not trying to do the hard sell uh if you want to come come along no, we come. can't wait well <laughs> so, absolutely we can't wait to meet you if you do so yeah it's the june the third isn't it and i will and it's going to be the tour on that course so uh if you want to meet the woadsman you want to learn how to carve want to have a brew around the fire with us and uh do some whittling then um have a look at Badgel's website if 100 description um then it makes it easy for you to go and look at it <laughs> yeah and talking about dates as well before we head off and say our farewell before i bring you guys to the next interview i just wanted to say about the 7th of july um obviously that's the same as yours as the 8th of july so same weekend if you're not attending tom's carving course and you're not attending anything else and you're in the Somerset area, we are hosting a festival called the Wild in Us Festival. I haven't spoken about this on the podcast before just because we haven't really spoken since it's all been confirmed and we chose dates. Um, unfortunately, Tom isn't going to be able to be there just because <laughs> by the time dates had been all organised and to not cross over with other festivals and um, stuff like that, which is, again, why you chose that date, Yeah, um, <laughs> the Wild in Us unfortunately because it's a bigger group of people um we had to kind of go for the the same date so it's the 7th 8th and 9th and it's a three-day festival where there's going to be loads of skills being shared some music great talks and seminars loads of really good traders and in fact joe price is going to be over there Ida, his better half um and there's it's just going to be so nice to have this big network of people. There's going to be loads of influencers from the UK there, like TA Outdoors, Bushcraft Tools, Girl Outdoors. Um, it's just going to be really nice. And it's just a, such a shame that um, timings don't work out this year. But again, there's always next year. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to doing it. But put a lot of work into the festival. Um, I'm going to be doing deer butchery, some demonstrations on that and some workshops, and then some talks on deer management, and how that impacts the UK, how it can help the meat industry, um, and also just how it benefits us as people. So a little bit of that conversation. Ellie's going to be doing some pottery, and 
it's just going to be like a small mini bushcraft show and we're not looking to compete with the bushcraft show and the wilderness gatherings this is again just something down in the south of england that is to aim to contribute to the community and um, it's not trying to be its own community it's it's part of the wider community and it's again to inspire people to come out and give them somewhere to come and learn these skills when they might feel like, you know, I can't afford a full week long course or yeah. okay, I've watched the videos, but I need to see someone in person do it. <laughs> you know, so that's what this is all about. It's gonna be so good just to give people the access to people to ask questions. Like having, yeah, having uh Storb on his mycology, having Josh, having all of those amazing guys, having you there, just having access to people to ask questions and just to talk to is open so many doors for people so i think it's absolutely brilliant i'm really sad i can't be there i hope next year i can be there um and i wish you guys all the success with it because you put so much work into it i've watched it come together from the very start and if i could be there i would be there um and uh, we all know that as well i'm gonna be there in, <laughs> i might not be there in person but um but I'll, my spirit will be haunting you there <laughs> it will be indeed and I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's going to be, you know, a fair bit of video coverage of it and stuff like that. So any of you guys, again, in the States, you can't make it over. We'll be able to share some of that. I might do a little Wozeman, a mini one from there, just um, a little recording from the show. And you can do one from your yeah. carving, um, carving course. That would be excellent. But I guess for now, we'll have to leave it at that, won't we, Tom? And uh, we won't be too long until we're we speak to you guys again we'll be recording another episode extremely soon having a proper catch up there's a few things that we want to have a chat about and uh, yeah it's been great to catch up tom it's been really nice so we said we were only going to jump on for 10 minutes and it's been like like 30 minutes <laughs> so we best i best let you go because uh, like i said you've got to run off to um you got to run off to the Breckens next yeah i've got a weekend in the brecon beacons it's some of uh, emma's uh, um they're doing some hiking and they asked if we'd come so um we'll be doing some walking some hill walking in in brecon beacons over the weekend so yeah so shame i can't be here i know your guest sounds sounds like he's going to be a really interesting person to talk to um so do give him my best and i hope you guys really enjoy the interview that's on straight after i leave um and yeah thank you so much for listening to this first part of the uh the podcast episode and all this leaves me to say is over to you, Liam. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure I'll uh, mess up once or twice, but I'll try and hold the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be. You take care, buddy. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for tuning in, dude. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. The Woodsman Podcast is proud to bring you a unique opportunity from the State Detective, whose mission is to source and offer their followers some of the best beef products on the market. With a passion for steak and World War II military history, the State Detective combines a love for a period in history that integrity, honesty and patriotism were all embodied. The State Detective embraces these great attitudes and together we're giving a gentle nod to those who served by offering you, the listener, a promotional code for the State Detective. Use the code WODESMAN20 to receive 10% off of your order and also award 10% to help support The Bearded Fisherman, a UK-based charity helping those suffering with mental health issues. So whether you're in the market for beef jerky, biltong, incredible sauces, ration packs, tanks, warships or flyboys, 
and also love bushcraft, cooking, hunting or fishing, check out The State Detective. It's terribly British. So as you just heard, Tom's going to be off to the Brecon Beacons now. So while he's on his journey over there, I'm actually joined by Ashley from The Lucky Hunter. Now, if any of you guys have watched my channel, which I know quite a lot of you do, you will have seen a video where I was up in the Scottish Lowlands in Ayrshire and I was stalking roe deer. And that was all thanks to you, Ashley, and what you guys at The Lucky Hunter do. So, um, yeah, just wanted to say welcome on to the Wodesman podcast. It's really nice to have you here as a guest and really nice to have a chance to, I guess, meet you in over cyberspace finally. <laughs> Indeed, thank you very much for for having me on. It's been it's been a long time coming, and it's uh, it's great to catch up with you now again after after so many months to to hear what you've been up to and um, reveal what we have been up to as well in the background. So yeah, thanks very much for for having me on. No worries at all. So I guess you know since the last time we spoke, so much has been going on. Um, right. I've seen the Lucky Hunter continue to grow and loads and loads of really great competitions i'm always um dipping in and obviously my trip when i when i won it was such an unexpected thing for me and that's what is one of the best things about the lucky hunter this um you know you kind of you buy a ticket and more often than not you kind of forget that you bought the ticket yes because it might be running for you know a month or two months <laughs> and if you are one of the lucky winners um you win these amazing prizes i was lucky enough obviously to win a stalking package but there's also things like you know i've seen you do game fridges and and yep. you know yeti packs and uh scopes thermal imaging things and it's just such a great collection of things you do so do you want to just go really through what the lucky hunter is and where it all started mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so really well to start off, what we are it was this, we're we're an online competition company. I'm sure yourself and a lot of your your audience has, has seen it on multiple um, social media streams, and yes. but they're doing cars and, and and whatever else. But it's the exact same you know principle, and in the sense that you're getting the opportunity to, to win these they great prize and like market leading kit equipment or the latest kit or kit and equipment. Uh, stocking packages that you might not be able to go on that you would love to go on sort of dream packages we have yeah. um a winner who's gone over to africa now in august yeah i remember that joseph i remember that package <laughs> while there's plenty of smaller competitions there go ongoing usually you know there's some big ones go happening there that's really making people's dreams come true and in, in, in the sense of what they want to achieve within the deer stalking yeah a hundred percent well it's like after my dsc one i um it was just such crazy timing because um chris dalton from south airshire stalking yeah, yeah. had under undertaken you know the tuition of my dsc one with a load of other great chaps down at paul Childernley's land which is only around the corner from me yeah. and you know to to then have the opportunity to go stalk with him was like you said it was it was like a dream kind of trip for me because yeah. i had had been speaking to chris about that and um it was 
you know, it was going to be a, a big financial outlay for myself and it probably wouldn't have happened for another year or something. Yeah. And to have that so close to when I did that was mm-hmm. was just absolutely amazing. And it was, you know, the name says it all. I really did feel like the lucky hunter. And yeah, um, yeah it's yeah, it, no. it is really that feeling. Uh, absolutely. And uh, like you say, the timing just worked out absolutely perfectly for you. You know, you went through your DSC one and you gained your knowledge and you learnt whatever you learnt on, on the course there and then you're you had this fantastic opportunity to go up and stalk with Chris and the team who are a really phenomenal team we've worked with them on a, on a few occasions with other competitions you know and anybody who's went up has had a fantastic time in fact I think everyone who's went up this shot a gold medal book you know <laughs> the, the, like everyone's been very lucky you know they've all came away with such an incredible time and, and, and yeah. story to tell but realistically and the unfortunate fact is that you know if you're getting into deer stalking and with like most sort of passions or outdoor pursuits it can become very expensive very quickly and <laughs> we just don't really want to like that was for me I realised it and realise how expensive it can become and it can really stop people pursuing their passion, you know, yes. hit with this financial burden of your course, then you're going to buy all your equipment, your rifle, your scope, and um, yeah, it's not a cheap industry. You're paying for your outings, and then when you pay for your outings, then you're paying for the animals that you shoot, and so on and so on. And it can be, I think, it can be quite daunting for some people maybe get involved in it. To you know, where does this yes. seem to be like an endless pit of money, and you're sort of where where does it go? Yeah, so yeah, 100%. I think for, for, for people starting, it can be it can be quite quite intimidating and quite daunting if there's not someone there to maybe help them and advise them. But um, like that's, again, the, the beauty of, of these packages, as you yes. experience, you know. Yeah, you get the great there, tuition, don't you? You don't have to worry about money. It's it's, yeah. it's not about money. You, you pay your ticket, you win, and you go up there and you enjoy the experience and we have everything covered you know so i think it's nice as well to be to be able to go up there and and, and really enjoy the experience for what it is and not have to worry about the god i don't know if we'll shoot that or yeah well it really one day or it really does give you the opportunity like you said to mm-hmm. to kind of go into it um you know wholeheartedly and you haven't like you said you haven't got that financial burden because it is one thing that like you 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 touched on there it does it can be quite daunting for people coming into the field sports and i do think it is one of the major reason reasons sorry that um holds people back you know guns are expensive good glass is expensive um clothing and i think that's probably why it's been yeah ammo exactly that's only getting only getting worse as well so yeah i think that's where being a bushcrafter is obviously had its helps as well because let's say the clothing aspect uh the boots the the gear some some of the skills to a degree have already been there um and that's where that crossover for me was really it was really nice to go down that journey and it's it's bloomed into this really great thing but like you said um financially it's so hard and that's why i think what what you guys are doing is um well or what you realized initially which gave you the idea um <laughs> It, just giving people that opportunity you, you might not you, you do obviously realize how much of an impact it has but <laughs> first-handedly i can say it, it does give that um incredible reinforcement to your journey um yeah. in a in a whole, wholeheartedly way 
yeah oh, absolutely and um and people going back to sort of where, where the idea came from and um but really where it came from is again i'm sure your audience or maybe even yourself watches it the uh, meat eater the tv program yes. the, the show a great show steve renella's like been a big inspiration for me as well <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure no i um i often watch them and among other youtube channels and stuff and you just you just see these these guys out here and they're you know they're doing these incredible hunts and, and packages and you're like wow that'd be fantastic someday but on on, on one of the hunts that he was hunting with um uh, remy warren one one of the, the yes. episodes and yep, they were talking about how they, they drew this tag to hunt this animal and i was like looked into me but i was like you know this is quite interesting what way this is their sort of system you you enter a draw as such and um they get a tag and that tag allows them to go and hunt that particular animal yes uh, i've always been very envious of their tag system it's a very well thought out conservation method yeah yeah so after after hearing about it i kind of looked at it and was there anything like that in in, in the uk and there wasn't and like that was probably probably two years actually before i actually started the the lucky hunter with other work, work commitments and stuff um nothing flourished but i i looked into it again sort of like like i say two years later and you know really looked into it and i was like you know this 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 could be something i think it's something that you know other people will will enjoy and, and certainly yes. take part in so that's, that's really where it came from the idea sort of came from the american system that's brilliant while i know i can know they're the entirety of their funding almost goes to their conservation so we're slightly different in that aspect but at the start we did put so much money aside and then that was like per ticket or something you know and that yes. went into to conservation but we uh we've since stopped that actually but what we plan to do now in with the future and in the, in the coming years is maybe do competitions where the entirety of ticket sold we'll, we'll go to conservation instead of taking a percentage of all of them oh wow so yeah that's a that's a great thought and because they go hand in hand don't they as well they're, they're both so relevant and um it's it's one of the things it's it's uh it's hard to convey sometimes how important hunting is to the conservation scene um, but we'll go into that a little bit later i think <laughs> yeah and is it is it is it something that you know the for you, the conservation scene has that always been something that's inspired you um, to do the the hunting that you do do? Because obviously, it's it's something that you're into as well, isn't it? it, it it's a passion for you hunting, um, the field sports in in a whole. It's something you're ever so interested in and very proactive in. You go out there, you go on stalks yourself. You obviously kind of scout out and vet these places before you run competitions there. Um, so you have first-hand experience a lot of the time with some of these packages that you're offering, which I think is even more amazing because you know that they they're not just kind of throwing together this random kind of prize and all hopes, <laughs> all you know, kind of going on on a chance and a whim. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because um, as you know, there's there is a lot of as as with any industry. There is there's there's cowboys out there and everybody knows it and you know we 
we're, we're very careful in, in who we, we work with because we'll want it. It'll probably do more damage to our reputation than the, the stalkers. Yeah, yes. and, and for that reason, you know, we are careful. We work with professionals and, and some of the best guys on um, the best guides in, in the United Kingdom and we'll continue to, to do so with that. And like you say, that I have been up there and I have stocked the, the big Highland stocking package, whatever it was the first year, maybe last year that we we done. I had yeah. um, actually done my Highland stocking package with them as well. And most recently I was over in England. Yeah, you know, with children's sportings and done Chinese water deer. I'm not actually finished off my my UK six, my six hey, well done. species there as well. <laughs> so no, ab- absolutely. And I think you say it's it's important to to yeah. do that, I think. And it's important, like you say, to to um that that people who are who are going on these things as well, um for them it it's again another invaluable thing to when you're with someone so proficient as well just makes your time out there stalking so much more valuable i learned so much when i was with chris and his team um you know so yeah it's brilliant and i mean going on to the competitions i mean roughly how many competitions have you have you ran since the inception of the lucky hunter because it's got to be quite a few i mean whenever i go on there there's at least three or four things enticing me in (laughs) yeah yeah um I would probably say up up on our website at the top of the bar, it it does have your total prize winners and total prize value and and, and so on, um, which is sort of forking off approximate numbers. But I would definitely say an excess of 150 prizes that we've yeah, done. That's amazing, um, and that's there be like there's a lot of small ones that we've done, you know, and some like instant one instant prize. Yeah, but even those, you know, and and this isn't me just blowing blowing your horn or anything like no. that. But even those small ones are great things, you know, like the Yeti coolers and stuff like that. They're they're really great bits of kit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, I'm not not taken away from from that at all. Like, you know, all everything that we put up is relatable to deer stalking. There's been a couple of packages that we done last year. Admittedly, was fishing related so fly fishing because that's another other um pastime i enjoy doing and yeah i think they go hand in hand (laughs) yeah you know it's still it's still getting out there it's still being out in nature and stuff so it wasn't too far off the the original track but generally speaking it's it's deer stalking and rifle shooting and it's everything associated with that steel targets clothes the hunting packages, all the kitten equipment that you would need, and so on, um, and even all the incident prizes as, as well will also be related. Like the the one that we drew there on Wednesday night, that was a yes. the Pulsar Helium two, and the incident prizes on that were Pulsar Axion thermals, the Axion thermals, <laughs> which you know that's amazing. <laughs> they're a third of the price of the main yeah. price but they're still a superb unit you know they're really excellent and anybody getting going in 100% yeah and you're talking you know it absolutely years yeah and to get that just on the click of a button um mm-hmm. is yeah you don't get that anywhere else <laughs> yeah for sure but no from 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 really the very start to the for the moment whoever it is the customer lands on our website, goes through the process and purchases a ticket. We just want to make everything 
as easy as possible, as smooth as possible, professional as possible, right through to the end whenever they come back away from a stocking package or they receive the prize and they're like, yeah, that was fantastic. Really enjoyed yeah. myself, learned a lot. It's a brilliant optic, brilliant prize, whatever it may be. So Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it spreads the message there. And I mean, is there, is there one particular, you know, prize or hunt that you wish you could have personally won? <laughs> There's a few, <laughs> yeah. Because there's definitely a few. There is, but I, I would have to say the one that I've loved that went on now, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me here, is the South African package. Oh God, yeah, that was astounding. I mean, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think everyone on your website was like trying to max out on tickets. On <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty wild and. Admittedly, it was it was a bit a bit of a risk for us, and I was personally pretty nervous about going ahead and and doing it. You know, I was like, is, "Is Pete really going to want to buy a ticket to fly halfway across the world?" And you know, it was. Yes. But I knew I would, and I knew there was going to be people who did. But I just wasn't sure, um, how what what sort of number it, it would have been. But no, it was very very popular, and no doubt, that is absolutely on my personal bucket list, and I would love to go and and do that package. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think that's on would be on mine as well. Probably very high up there. <laughs> there was actually just one off that. I'm not sure if you if you know where your audience knows, but so the guy who won it, um, because originally it was for one person, but we put the opportunity there. He won it, and now he's going out there with his brother. So his brother then went to the guy that we used. Oh, brilliant! Used, and he bought the exact same trip. So him, his brother, now is actually going out to South Africa. And, oh wow! You know what a fantastic experience! Yeah, to, to be there and with your brother or a friend. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Enjoy that. because so. not only has it kind of opened that window to him, but then it's mm -hmm. kind of yeah, yeah. his brother yeah. said, "Well, I'll come along. You've opened this doorway for two people." And um, yeah, it's brilliant because that's going to help over there. They're going to be doing some amazing conservation work over there in South Africa, mm -hmm. uh, helping local communities as well, feeding yeah. local communities. So it's, yeah, what a great thing. And yeah, I, I also was um, fingers crossed on that one, but I wasn't I wasn't so lucky, but I, I couldn't feel too hard done by because I um, with with the, the prize I won off of you, I've, I've you know, I've got a lot of tickets to buy to re even start to recoup <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely you know, I mean, that, that package you won now was it wasn't quite south africa it was quite the opposite in scotland but i think it, from from memory a pretty good brother as well though, didn't you but, oh it was astounding it was yeah yeah no it was it was beautiful i mean it was maybe wet between 6 a.m or 4 a.m to 6 a.m most yes. mornings um mm -hmm. and then after that it just kind of plateaued into sunshine and just the most glorious weather. Yeah. Okay. So um, not South Africa, but to me, just as good of a trip. And uh, yeah, I mean, so would you say deer stalking is your favourite field sport? Yeah. 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 No, ab ab absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, is there any kind of game that you've any other game that you've done or want to progress onto? Well, oh, ab absolutely. Yeah. So. Going going back a good few years now quickly, but you know I've I've always hunted. I've always as soon as I could have an air rifle, I had an air rifle, and um spend my weekends at a farm. I yep. took every opportunity to could. I was always 
fully camouflaged sitting in bushes <laughs> shooting crows and pigeons and you know I, I thought there was a real art to be learned there of, of, of stalking and hunting rabbits and and everything else so air, air gunning was where my passion sort of started yeah and um, in fact it did start there and then it progressed into going to a 223 rifle then because that was the biggest caliber i could get to northern ireland without doing the deer stalking yeah that's brilliant and then during my time while working in england got into a couple of guy with the guys at at work and they were going deer stalking so i went and tried that and thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it in, in herefordshire and shot a deer oh, was, deer was a, a munchak so and that was it after that it went and done my done my dsc1 and got my rifle and and off went and since then i've i've been i've been stalking so that's amazing. No, absolutely. It's, it's the only one I've stayed at consistently. I've, um, <laughs> I would joke sometimes, as, as much as I enjoy fly fishing, I'd be very much a, a notional fisherman. Yeah, I no, I can relate to that. I would, I would <laughs> fish for a couple of months and then I would go back to the shooting. And But I've, I've, I don't go off the shooting, I'm always shooting. But um, yeah, So it's a consistent for you? Yeah, it's, it's the most consistent for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's nice. I mean, I can really, really relate to the air gunning at a young age. I mean, um, it encaptured me just like you said. I thought there was a something to to learn stalking rabbits, and um, I'm I'm glad I did have that experience as well. You know, going out, setting snares, checking them. Uh, yeah, it, me too. It gave me this kind of good understanding of how the the world works at a young age, um, and a respect for things outside. Because a lot of people. <clears throat> And I'm sure you get it as well. A lot of people can question how, if you if you love nature so much, how can you go out and stalk and hunt animals? But it's yeah. it's actually you know doing the DSC one. Um, we can both attest to how much knowledge you have to put in, how much research you've got to put in, um, just how much you learn about the animals themselves, and it instills this kind of level of respect that i don't actually think you can gain for an animal without going through all of that and then when when you do go for a stalk it's only deepening that and it's not just you're not just looking at meat down the scope you are obviously it is a wild meat source for us but it's also more than that we're doing something to aid in the conservation um to help the population we're doing it as part of a careful management plan Um, and it becomes a lot more than just going out shooting doesn't it oh absolutely no doubt about it, for sure. And like, they're they're like every every species of deer. You know, they're all just beautiful and so highly intelligent, and they're all in their own ways. You know, and they're all as interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got such good little individual quirks. <laughs> yeah, they do. And whenever you take time to learn it, and you, you have experience of stalking them or whatever else, but I can I can completely understand when people says, "Oh, how can you shoot deer? They're beautiful." Same as some people have said the same about a fox, like how can you shoot a fox, they're beautiful. And I completely agree. They are, they're a beautiful animal, as are as are all the deer. Yeah. But like you say, as as part of a um a package in conservation and help managing the herd and, and whatever else or meet one thing and the other, you know, that's it's it's just the best best thing to do. And and yes. you've everyone's heard now at this stage with a massive boom and deer numbers over over lockdown and stuff it's it's more essential yeah. now than ever i think it's, uh, it's so relevant numbers are managed correctly 
Yeah, yeah, because because we're playing the part of I guess um, as Deerstalk is digressing a tiny bit. We're we're playing the part of natural selection at this point because there are no natural predators in the UK. Um, you know, the biggest natural predator to deer are probably vehicles, aside from hunters, um, and and that's not a very nice death for any animal. Um, no, and of course, you know, the starvation. Um, a lot of them suffer starvation problems due to excessive numbers or due to wearing out teeth because they're living off of mm -hmm. grains that they wouldn't necessarily have in their organic lifestyle so there's all these aspects that a lot of people don't tend to see and it's um what i love about um the way that you guys help again promote that message within conservation and, and promoting the proper ways to go out and carefully manage species as well it's really important to me no, for sure. And just going back there to what you said there with the the car accidents, you know, while people are saying, you know, how can you shoot an animal to look that nice? But one of the main points is, like, particularly in the, in the south of England there and stuff like the, in, in Scotland, the amount of car accidents there are because of the helpers now are enormous. Yeah, and it, they do a lot of damage. I mean, um, they uh, they definitely... There's a lot to them, especially the bigger species, you know, when you get into fallow and seeker and red. There's a lot of meat there, isn't there? <laughs> we are actually having the... Um, now, it's nowhere near the same numbers as it is in, in, in England, but I have heard a lot more of, of the locals to where I am saying that, you know, and I actually have, know a few people now whose their cars have been hit to travel to work early in the morning or something, and they're seeing more seeker and more fallow, and a couple of them have hit them. Damage. So yeah, the 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 numbers here are are also starting to boom, and well, the have boom, but yeah, it's just obviously not quite as bad as England. You see it up there in social media or whatever, and there's like a herd of hundreds of fallow run yeah. for the fields. So not quite, we're not quite there yet here in Northern Ireland, but no, thank God. I mean, um, I I know in the I just was reading an article actually a few days ago, and mm -hmm. I think. Um, a, a big number, and I, I think I'm correct in, in quoting this, but a number of 2,000 deer got cold in the New Forest just because the numbers were in just so over. Um, and that's across the whole area. So I don't know if that's they've done that or if that's the management plan that's in action at the moment, if they're halfway through it. But I know that was the number. So um it's it shows you just how many deer there are and like you said in lockdown when stalkers couldn't go out that population increased because a lot of, you know some species can have can have a have a litter every you know or they can have muntjac for example it's it's not 90 days or something <laughs> i think they're they're pretty quick at pumping them out so it's um i mean it's really important to do that. And venison is such a, a great meat as well. I've, I've come, I've just become such a fan of it. And uh, I've, I've, you know, got a whole freezer dedicated to it and I'll probably will end up getting another one. I think that yeah. that just keeps, that collection will keep growing. Um, and it's such a, a great meat as well. It, it, to know where it's come from and to have had a hand in that process is always one of the most rewarding bits for me. And I've still got some of the, the gold medal roebuck um, down in the freezer for for a special occasion i've got a camp um the wild enoughs festival which is a festival i'm kind of helping run and i'm going to go 
I'm going to be there in July, so I'm saving some for that, um, just as a little special meal, because uh, that would be almost a year to the to the day. <laughs> Fantastic! Wow, brilliant! It's somewhere to last this long. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's only a small bit because the rest has been um, consumed. But in fact, you're probably very much the same. I'm not a trophy hunter in the ser- in the terms of I don't go out um, after trophies, but. Mm-hmm. Um, having the opportunity to be part of the management panel on a gold medal buck and you know obviously chris was looking to it was his time it was the buck's time chris was looking to to take him and move move uh, that area onto a, a new new buck and in fact only a few weeks ago i picked up the taxidermied head uh, the wall mount did you um so it's cape mounted and it's just absolutely gorgeous so um, you'll have to send over a couple of pictures I'm gonna after we get I'm finished gonna, recording this that'll be, that'll be great to see yeah 100% oh, I've just put it up on the wall today after it's been carefully put away for a few weeks and I finally got around to doing it and it just is I'm just turning around now and it's absolutely stunning he's there looking in his prime um, and like I said I'm not a trophy hunter mm-hmm. but for him to live on now um, way past my lifetime that will be passed down and hopefully looked after and respected and it can go on to show the efforts of conservation and what incredible deer stalkers like Chris Dalton um, and people like ourselves are all we've all got our hand in that process Um, and it just it's really nice to see some magnificent bucks um, come out of some of these estates because there's some really really great work being done over here in the UK and and over there in, in Ireland Northern Ireland yeah but like, that just shows how well, how well Chris does it there, because like the, the the quality of animals he has there is fantastic. You know, they're yeah, excellent. And not yeah. like, of course, there are excellent pounds of animals all over the country. I'm not saying that there isn't for a second, but just just saying that Chris obviously does it very well. But uh, no, that's great. But to your point, no, I'm I'm not a trophy hunter as such either. In fact, I don't have any trophies here of. Of a, of a couple of skulls here, and one of them was my first roebuck, and then yeah, five yeah. winter I've got the the red stag that I shot up in the Highlands, and, and that's really it. Like for for me, really and truthfully, it is it's more about the stock than it is. Like I love, I would rather have a difficult stock and not get anything than an easy stock and shoot something. Amen. You know, yeah. <laughs> just for me, it's just. I really like a tough, difficult stock and a memorable one that way. And even like even any of the the seeker now that I the shoot on on the, the permission that I have, because it's sort of new that I've got it. That's it's very much that I'm just taking the the older ones out or the the ones with the bad antlers. And you might have even seen on social media. I've actually shot a couple now with with one antlers and stuff. You know, so yeah, yeah. So doing I'm not doing the management side of things like weeding yeah. out the kind of the bad stock. Yeah, but there was a couple there, and I went up on the rut during the rut, and there's a couple of unbelievable stags <laughs> out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing them like, over the next couple of years now and seeing what sort of the specimens they turn into. But yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'll I'm watching I'll catch up with one of them at some stage whenever the time's right, you know. But just um, for now, it's been a little one. So yeah, well, it's, it's really nice to to watch a stock as well and kind of see how it progresses and um, have that hand in it. And 
I mean, you you touched on it briefly there because you said you just love going out there and having a, a tough stalk, and it kind of segues onto what I wanted to kind of be the finishing point about this because um, it's been such a great conversation with you about about all of the things that you're doing, and I mean, it was basically about how do you see hunting being linked to. I guess a better state of mental health and well-being like um obviously you, you touched on it there you like going out having a tough time and a lot of people would think well bloody hell why would you want to go out through the bogs getting covered in mud with a heavy rifle on your back and maybe not even get anything <laughs> but I can relate to that but it'd be really nice to hear why why it makes you kind of um yearn for the next time mm-hmm or if you're lucky and you get something and you're dragging it back across the hill and what and why why you don't and and whatever else but no it's it's fantastic any i i'll absolutely promote it and say that anybody and like not even if you're against hunting or you don't like hunting whatever or you didn't want to shoot an animal which not everybody does which is completely fine yeah you know just get out in nature i think now this is a bit more of a, just a, a, a general thing going off the topic of, of deer stalking, but just now in this generation when everyone's so sucked in with phones and social media, they're always looking at and comparing other people's lives. And really, mm-hmm. just, I just think if you just go back to to nature and just take time away from the, the phone or whatever, like it's got such so many benefits in, for your mental health. You know, and yes. there's, been, there's been loads of studies to prove that. Just take time out from it and and, and go and enjoy yourself. And and even fishing is another one to go and clear the mind, you know. Yeah, 100%. And I, stalking I, I totally agree. is equally there. So I think yeah, that's I mean, a big I... part. It's, I think it's just important. I think now as, as a generation, we move a lot less than we would have 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, you sit around, yeah. you, know, you come home, you have dinner, you sit around, you watch TV, you know, <laughs> get outside and enjoy what's on your doorstep. Because Great Britain, the United Kingdom, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Ireland, you know, there's beautiful parts to see all over the over the country and further afield as well. So get out and enjoy it. And yeah, I think everyone will be a lot happier if they don't that. So <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice message. I, I really like that because it's something I'm. I, I can really relate to you. Um, I, it's something I, on my channel a while ago, did a little movement called Forage to Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically very similar. It's kind of go out and it was off the back of, again, finishing my DSC1 or practicing researching for my DSC1, I think. And I was just going out with a pair of binoculars and sitting down and calling in deer or looking for different traces, looking for tracks or seeing what I could find. And it was. It just made me feel amazing because you, you know, you you can't use a phone in those situations. So it's a way. It's tucked off, and you get fully immersed into your surroundings, mm-hmm. and suddenly you start to actually, when all those responsibilities and kind of little thoughts wane off into the distance, and it, it it's so relaxing. So I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you there, and it, yeah, that's exactly the same for me, really. No, absolutely. I just think get outdoors, born. In, in, into nature and just just move and you'll generally be you'll generally be happy I would say yeah no that's such a great message and I hope um, that will inspire some of you guys to go over and check out the Lucky Hunter because um, there's some really really great packages on there and I just think 
like Ashley's just said, going out and doing stuff in nature, whether it's fishing, taking a walk, deer stalking, just looking for things around your local environment and being out there is so good for your mental health. It's something me and Tom, and I can speak for Tom when I say this, are both so passionate about on the on the, the podcast. Um, yeah, just get out there. And I mean, is there any message apart from that you wanted to share, Ashley? Anything coming up with the Lucky Hunter? Any little things um, that you you've done lately that you wanted to share little achievements personal things anything you wanted to plug because i know when I, I say this again from tom um, i know i can speak on his behalf a big thank you for coming on and being a guest it's just been such a great chance to talk about all these things hunting wise and i know tom's very jealous of all of our trips out and he so desperately wants to kind of get into hunting and um i know once he's got all of his stuff squared away and he's 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 busy working away on a few things at the moment um trying to sort out access to go out hunting and getting his bow and stuff like that um but i know he's going to be entering a few competitions and hopefully getting on a stalk as well brilliant well i look forward to look forward to that now but no thanks thanks very much for, for having me on i appreciate it and it's been great to, to catch up and and like you say have a have a great chat it's been fantastic but um I'll, I'll I'll take this opportunity to announce exclusive exclusive announcement. This is the first uh, hey, hey. I've, I've heard of it, um, but we have a fantastic stocking package coming up now very very soon. And that, oh. no, wait, there's not a date. <laughs> You're going to be it, spending but... money for me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it could be a, it could be a very worthy investment, but um, so what what the package is it's the first time doing it in in this country and it's going to be in ireland so it'll be an all-inclusive stocking package in ireland for either one or two people so you got a friend could go over to ireland spend a few days stocking seek a stags all-inclusive and as usual everything's everything's included there as well and, and we'll cover the um travel if you're if you're heading over from the uk mainland or whatever if you want to take a flight or a ferry we'll cover that as well but that is incredible. <laughs> It'll be an absolutely incredible trip. Anybody who knows or has seen Wicklow or seen pictures of it, which I'm sure plenty of people have. Yeah, some incredible scenery. Yeah, it's, oh wow. That'll be another <laughs> one on top of the South African package that I would like to do myself is get down to, to Wicklow and uh, do that hunting up there because it's, it's, it just looks incredible. It looks incredible. So keep right, out for that good. one. Um, in the heart that'll, of Ireland, like, that'll be coming soon. So I really look forward to to announcing that and, and and letting everyone see all the everything that's involved in it. So, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That's really you know really nice to get a bit of an exclusive thing for the Wodesman. So there you are, guys. You heard it from the man himself. If you want a a chance to win a stalk for you and one other person to go to County Wicklow and um, stalk. Was it Seeker Deer, you said? Seeker, Seeker, yeah. Seeker indeed, yeah. So definitely get onto the Lucky Hunter in the next few weeks and keep an eye out for that competition. Um, and uh, I will definitely be making an entry, as I do on most of the things that I see on there, to be honest. And again, I, I, I want to reiterate... Any support? No, that's okay. And I honestly want to reiterate a big thank you for what you do, um, not only for me, but for all of the kind of... The, the the prize winners i guess i'm one of the lucky ones to have actually won um a competition and 
it was just like I said, it was the the most crazy, mo- most craziest of timings to be honest, and it really helped me on my journey. I know all of my viewers and listeners as have all enjoyed the content that did come from it as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah, keep up the amazing, amazing work. It's just yeah, I can't say thank you enough. I guess. <laughs> Thank you very much. Really, uh, I really appreciate that, and um, I'll I'll thank you for for having me in the podcast, and thank you very much for for making the the great content that you did while on the the stocking package. You know, uh, I've often heard people saying, "Come along to me." I've heard you, I seen you on on YouTube or whatever from from your channel, and I thought it enter and stuff. So, um, oh, that's it was brilliant to watch. It was it was fantastic to watch. It was like obviously being there, and it's it's. Um, you know that doesn't happen very often. Usually, I just get a phone call from the winner, or I'll call them a couple of days after their stocking trip and ask, you know, how did it go? So it was it was fantastic to be able to watch it back and yeah, probably on the journey from it as well. You know, so well, I was quite nervous about asking to film it. Um, you know, like I remember because I remember when you called. Um, just quickly before we we finish, I guess. Um, I remember when you called uh, uh, at first, you were like, it's Ashley from the Lucky Hunter. And it took me a few minutes to register. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, a few seconds. And I was like, wait, okay, go on. And you were like, well, you've won a competition. And I was like, what? I was like, what competition is this? <laughs> and when you told me, I was just overwhelmed. And then I kind of thought, actually, it would be amazing to film this trip. But how do I kind of approach Chris? I don't, you know, I've only just done my DSC one. Is he going to think I'm just going to yes. be you know, blumbering around the woods with a camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm so glad it all worked out. And yeah, again, thank you so much. And I, I, any any plugs um, from you? Like, where where can people find you apart from the Lucky Hunter? You've obviously got Instagram, haven't you, and Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we we keep it fairly simple in the sense that it's just our, our website, and that's Facebook and and, and Instagram. So uh, the website's www.luckyhunter.co.uk. Our Facebook page is the Lucky Hunter Competitions, and our Instagram is the Lucky Hunter and underscore. So get us on on any of those. You can follow follow there, and we update the pages regularly. So you do indeed and you do a live draw don't you so for all of your prizes it's a a live stream um unless it's an instant win and um, which is yeah. i think is a really nice personal touch yeah yeah exactly that so if if, if you want to if you want to follow us and, and get involved with the the live draws that we do so like liam said there we'll do the live draws that take place at the end of every competition unless it's like an instant win but yeah so you, you can it's interactive you can come on and you can chat to us you can drop a comment and i'll i'll, I'll chat back so it's a nice experience it's a, and it's nice in the sense that you know everyone's usually pretty excited and everyone's got their fingers crossed for it and they're all watching and uh, <laughs> patiently and patiently waiting but um generally speaking what happens like let's say about eight times out of ten the winner's never watching Couple <laughs> <So laughs> no. times where the winner's actually sat and watched it while it's unfolded and they're like wow brilliant fantastic yeah i've I'm guilty of that. I've I've watched all of the ones I've entered. I've watched apart from the one that I won. So uh-huh. maybe there's something yeah. to be said there. I'll enter a few and not watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like you like you said earlier in the podcast, and sorry, I know we're, we're going on here after saying <laughs> no, no, at all. Um, you know, a lot of people just sort of enter it buy a, a ticket or a couple of tickets or whatever, and that's it, and forget about it. And two or three weeks time, they're getting the phone call. They're like, oh, that's right, I brilliant. Forgot I entered. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of the nicest things because they're. Uh, 
um, um, a little finishing point again. They're just such so fairly priced. They're such a great deal as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think my stalk was seven pound ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, and um, just which, on that is which is incredible. No, no, no. With the you know, nearly everyone's feeling the pinch. Really, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's, it's tough times and. While a couple of years ago it could have been difficult enough, like we mentioned earlier, getting getting started financially, you know, with people's rent going up or people's mortgages going up, you know, the cost of fuel and cost just the general cost of living is going up. You know, you you that that extra money that you had at the end of the month a couple of years ago, maybe to go stocking, like the pot could be shrinking. You know, so it's nice there, mm-hmm. and, and even with that of with that in mind, you know, I've also brought the tickets prices down generally you know yeah. a lot of them at the start and stuff would have been maybe six to ten pounds now most of the competitions are sort of sub six pounds really yes and yeah. it just it just keeps it fun you know i don't I, the whole idea of it is just to keep it fun and, and and make it accessible for everyone you know i don't want to be putting tickets up at 15 and 20 pounds you know because really you know, some people might want not want to spend that on a chance to win something. You know, I think it's nice just to keep keep the tickets cheap and cheerful and and fun. You know. Yeah, and it's nice that you know it leaves that space as well for when you do have those um, bigger prizes. You know, like the upcoming Northern Ireland one and uh, mm-hmm. and the one over in Africa. They're obviously a justifiably bigger price because you're getting a much bigger prize pool as well, um, mm-hmm. or a much bigger prize. Sorry, so it's. Um, yeah, honestly, like I keep saying, it's such a great idea, and I think it's really one of the, probably one of the, you know, the best kind of innovations in the hunting scene that I've seen in the UK for quite a while. Um, because first-handedly, I've been on the the receiving end of trying to get into the scene, and apart from basically buying a big three hundred page manual and risking it going to a DSC one with a load of people that you don't know, mm-hmm. um, it's you know that's really your option so it's not much material uh there is the material but it's it's hard to find out where that material is sometimes it can seem quite intimidating it's a big it's a big industry like even learning the ballistics of you know of guns and where you can you you know it, it's a litigious nightmare sometimes so it, um, it absolutely is but I, yeah advice to anybody listening if, if anyone <laughs> is listening here or whatever and just sort of thinking of maybe getting involved i would just say keep it simple and where possible and don't buy don't be fooled that you need all this expensive top of the range equipment either you know you don't need to be buying no. Shavosky glass at the outright if you're starting out you don't you don't need it like um while it's fantastic no. and it does it does of course have benefits it no doubt does and it is a fantastic glass and i'm not just slating Shavosky here but just any other big expensive no, yeah, yeah. whatever else or fancy rifles you know that's another one I, I always see is people, you know, they'll spend X amount of money, thousands of pounds on them. What's essentially, and it is, it's a factory rifle, it's a mass-produced rifle that's capable of producing one MOA at 100 yards. Yeah. So does a rifle at £600. £100, yeah. Unless you go down a custom route or some of these, some factory rifles, they produce half, half MOA and, you know, and, and custom rifles will also produce that or, or quarter MOA. Mm-hmm. But for the vast majority of the time, a basic rifle will, will absolutely get you going. A budget rifle will 
will uh, will certainly get you going. So don't be yeah. don't be put off by all the expensive items you see everyone using. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, hundred percent. I I very much agree with that. It's um like like we said earlier. Um, we both touched on it. Um, we both started on air rifles, and mm-hmm. that kept me going for a good long time. In fact, I still got a BSA Ultra downstairs. That's probably one of the the best fun bits to get to get out yeah, because it's, it's so quick and easy. Yeah, and um, yeah, you can get too too involved with thinking about the the logistics, but just go out, have fun, have a little walk, see what you can find, and if you do want to get into deer stalking, there's no better place to start than obviously your DSC one, which we've both done, but also yeah. going over to the Lucky Hunter. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. It's been an honour to chat with you. And as as Ashley has said, guys, go over and check out the Lucky Hunter. Um, I'll put all his details down below in the description and uh yeah i can't wait to until we chat next and i know tom is very excited to have a chat and i must apologize on his behalf uh, i know we've already done it the first bit of this interview i'm sorry he couldn't be here um he was on his way to the Brecon beacons for a weekend full of fun um but he's yeah very much looking forward to catching up with you soon in the future Brilliant. Well, I look forward to speaking for sure. And, and yeah, thanks very much for having me on. It's been, it's been fantastic. No worries at all. Thanks, Ashley. Perfect. Thanks. Cheers. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode of The Wodesman. I really look forward to getting another episode out very soon. It might be without Tom if I manage to get something recorded at the Bushcraft Show 2023, which I'll be there this coming weekend. So if you see me, come over and say hello. And until next time, guys, stay safe and I'll see you soon.